0: Hi, my loves. I am excited. I am. Ooh, this is a big conversation today. We're talking with Whitney Allen around grief, and she is the author of the book *Running in Trauma Stilettos*, which is all about overcoming grief and the loss of her husband, and how she really turned her trauma into a triumph. and There's a quote in her book that she uses where it says, I could have let tragedy and death define my future. Instead, I let it fuel me to create my hero's story. And it's just huge. And we get into a whole bunch of conversations around, you know, there's this transformation porn that we see on the internet and, you know, we get into motherhood after loss and we get into what it actually feels like to go through deep grief and giving yourself the okay of navigating that. And then also what is on the other side. And so anyone that's going through something right now, this is for you. Anyone that is going through loss, you know, the more people I talk to about the beginning of this year, it it's not going for how you had planned. And so it might be loss. It might be a breakup. It might be illness. It might be a financial scare, something that you didn't have planned this is for you because yes we're going to be talking about the loss of her husband and grief in that aspect but grief is so multi-dimensional and so it's a big conversation it is a impactful conversation and i'm excited to bring it to you i'm going to put this all in the show notes you can go check out her book running in trauma stilettos which an incredible title isn't it and I'm going to share that. So make sure you come hang over on my Instagram. It's Laura Patricia Martin. I'm going to put her Instagram in the show notes. If you're new here, what's up? We talk all things, trauma, relationships, business, growth, all the things, because there is a million ways to heal. There's just finding the one that is perfect for you. So I try and bring on a whole bunch of different type of guests to point you in the right direction so you can find your way home. And so what really helps me out here is you leaving an awesome review. I mean, it doesn't have to be extraordinary, I guess. We're not going to sell you on that. But leaving reviews really helps us get more guests like Whitney on here. And it's, it's the one thing I ask. What we do here is free. And so it's kind of like paying it forward and paying us. So thank you in advance for using those cute little thumbs and subscribing as well. We have new episodes every single Monday and all the things. Um, anytime I do the interview ones, I like to give like a little like life update because you guys are nosy and I love you. (laughs) So I have been having an identity crisis, (laughs) y'all. It's like the weirdest moment right now that I'm going through where I've been going so hard for so long, since I was 16. And for the first time in my life, I finally feel safe and it's strange slowing down. And the safety in actual slowness is really weird. And so I'm navigating that right now. And things I've been noodling on, what I talked about in the last episode is like, what type of wife do I want my son to marry? And am I modeling that? And so I've really been, you know, doing home projects, making my house more of a home gardening, baking, cooking nourishing meals, paying attention to my body a lot more, having slow mornings, having very slow evenings, tapping into my authentic self versus my survival self. And it's been a huge initiation. And one of those things that like something happened in my dating life, and it just cracked me open. And when things like that happen, it's like, you're never the same. And so although it's tender, it's it's a gift from God. And It's weird because I'm like grieving the loss of my survivor complex and also welcoming this new version of the maiden and eventually the mother and all these elements. So softening to be continued in that department and I'm sharing more of that over on Instagram. So go check that out and um, I love you guys. If you want to take this a step further, we have the Love Club, which is our monthly membership. You can try for 14 days free. We have different themes every single month. We have new masterclasses every single month, every first of the month. We have an extraordinary community of women that is growing literally daily so you can meet your best friends, go on this pre-housewife era journey with them, and all the things. So I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. Make sure you go check it all out. And I love you, and I will see you. the next episode you are listening to the healing to happy podcast a podcast where we have hard conversations that slay shame it's about leaning into the vulnerability and reclaiming your bravery I am Laura Patricia Martin, a trauma specialist who created this podcast to help women like you collapse the walls built up around their hearts due to the shame and trauma and life experiences, to have conversations we may be struggling to have with those around us so that we can break down the walls that are holding us back from living this bold, juicy, brave life. Here, myself, my guests, and my friends share their journeys of rebirth help us get out of our own way, build authentic relationships and heart-centered businesses and dance proudly into our fullest expression. I believe that when we bring light to a shadow, find richness within the in-between period with women who understand us, co-regulation occurs, safety is imprinted, and we begin to set the tone for limitless potentiality. I am so honored to be here with you. So, let's begin. Hello, lovely Whitney. I am so excited that you're here and to have this conversation with my audience and to dive into some harder conversations, some things that people go through and we don't really shed too much light on it because we often bypass. And before we get into that conversation though, a question, I the podcast is called Healing to Happy. And the question I always like to start with is based around sometimes when we hear people that have written books and they have this success and they've done these things we pedestal them you know we really do and they think you know i i've done it i listened to people on podcasts i see them on instagram and tiktok and things like that and i'm like they have to have all their shit together and then i feel bad about myself um so one of the questions that i ask for everyone that's on the podcast is what are you currently healing your way to happy on
1: Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And it's an honor to be here. I think it's, uh, you know, this conversation about like grief and trauma and death, which is like, kind of I call it like, I hate that that is my thing, but it's, those are my things. Um, you know, I I don't think like the goal per se is always happiness, right? Like, I think you're right. We put these people on a pedestal that we see like they have it looks like they have all the success and happiness in the world but like that's not real life like we all go through can I curse on this podcast oh my gosh yeah I say fuck every other sentence so okay (laughs) we all go we all go through some really like tough shit like you know and the goal is really not um you know this like quote-unquote like a what is it? Like just like transformation porn, right? Like that's what society really wants us to see. Like they want to see the transformation. And, you know, if you look on my Instagram or whatever, obviously I've been through a transformation, but I really try to talk about the messiness and like the in-between. And we're always in the in-between, like we're never at the finish line. Right. And it's not, just this like up way trajectory it's like up and down and down some more and then up and down and it's that's life and I I think the goal is to kind of um, lean into the dark points as much as the light points um, because that's kind of how that's how we really are able to be resilient and get through those really dark moments in more of a way that doesn't, you know, make us really go into the dark place more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I hope I answered that question. I think I was a little convoluted, but, you know, I don't think, I think the goal is to find more peace in those really hard times and to, you know, have the goal be to feel happiness all the time.
0: Yeah. And then like, is right now, is that something you would say you're working through, or it's just like an ongoing journey that you're constantly on things like that?
1: I think it's an on, I think it's an ongoing journey because, you know, as the listeners will learn, like I, I lost my husband, Ryan um, I'll say in October of 2021. Cause that's when he sustained a brain injury. Um, his physical body died in April, of 2022. So, you know, I've really had to go through a lot of, you know, soul searching and digging so deep within myself and figuring out who I am again, in this new life, in this new world, without the person I was with for 10 years and the father of my children. Um, and that's really complicated and, you know, my goal every day is to try to show up the best, the best that I can, for, especially for my kids. But some days it's just, I don't have a lot to give. Right. And, and we were so hard on ourselves. I heard this, um, I work out a lot. Cause that's like how I kind of ground myself for the day. And I heard this rule about thirds, like a third of the time, like the third of your days are going to be really good. A third of your days are going to be okay. And then the other third are going to be like, not so great or not good at all. Um, And I think, I think that's true. Um, I think that's so true for grief as well. And a lot of the people that I talk to, I think they have really unrealistic expectations of what their life should look like in the aftermath of loss and it's not going to be that every day you feel really good. Um, in fact, at first you're going to feel the majority of your days are going to be really bad. Um, and then, you know, you'll get to a place, hopefully if you do the work and give it time and give yourself a lot of grace where it is more like the rule of thirds instead of like, you know, like 98% of your days are bad because that's what it looks like in the direct aftermath of a loss of somebody you really love.
0: Thank you for letting us in on that. You know, just seeing your heart and the mission that you have in this world and you know, that it is a continuum. Like it's not just one day you wake up and everything's gone. It just becomes kind of a new normal that you learn how to navigate with ease and grace for self. And you know, the way you even speak on it gives, gives light to that. And I see you in that. So thank you Um, for anyone that is new to you so my audience to you or your audience they need a refresh of who you are um can you introduce yourself to us sure
1: oh gosh um (laughs) it's always that thing where where do we start (laughs) uh, like who am I uh because like I'm I'm just I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out um so I'm Whitney Lynn Allen. I am a mom to two sons, Jackson, who's five, and Leo, who's one and a half. Um, I am a lawyer, but I'm not practicing. I used to practice for ten years as a medical malpractice defense attorney before my husband's accident. Um, I am a grief coach. I'm an author um, of the book Running in Trauma Stilettos. Oh gosh. I'm just like, I'm so many things. Like those are what I do. And except for the mom, like that's probably my most important role is being a mom, um, to my sons, but, um, that's who I am in a nutshell right now. I was going to point that out. I was like, I love that you put mom first.
0: Like a lot of people come in here and it's like, here's my authority and here's my thing. You know? And you were like, I'm a mom. These are my two yeah. sons. This yeah. is like, uh, I loved that so much. And I want touch on some things that you talked about where it's like when it comes to grief I've never heard it put this way but damn it was spot on transformation porn that's the fucking social media thing that's every person if I even look at my views and my saves and my likes and my things it's from the transformation porn that you're speaking of but that's not actually like it and so I'd love for you to expand on this concept and how you see it in the grief space and you know, how you navigate that with clients and give them these realistic expectations that you were talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what, you know, we grew up with like, um, gosh, I think of that movie. What is it with the Freddie Prince jr. Um, she's all that. And like, she's, you know, this, this girl that no one really sees. And then she like gets a makeover and then Freddie Prince jr. Like falls in love with her. And it's like that before and after, um, and I think like still in this society now, it's like we really hang on to those before and afters, like whether that's weight loss or like you're going through a transformation um, of any kind or you're going through an adversity and like getting on the other side. And, you know, I share that part of my journey. I think that's one of the most powerful parts of my journey because I want people to see that there is a light, you know, there there is the other side of the really dark, crevices of grief. Um, but I also want people to know that it's okay to just like, be really not okay. Um, as well. And that transformation doesn't mean like you're, like I said, like that, it's, you know, the before and after, and then you're always the after it's like always evolving. You're always changing. You're always able to kind of go back into that darkness, um, into the grief again, it doesn't mean you're done. Um, just because you get to the other side, quote unquote. Um, I think it just puts too many unrealistic expectations on people that like, once they start feeling okay, that they should, they're like pressured to feel that way every day. Mm. Um, And in grief, I think that's really harmful because then it's like, we're not allowing ourselves to really experience what we need to feel and experience. Um, you know, in a life after loss, which is a very complicated thing.
0: Hmm. Exactly. And it is this, you know, there's, there's light after it. I like that you emphasize it. It's not like you're stuck in this like messy middle for a lifetime, but it does stay. I know I lost my mom to addiction when I was 22 and it became this. So it's coming up on about nine years now where it's like, and the way that I describe it is, It's not that it goes away like Mother's Day still fucking sucks. Like it's, you know, her birthday, but it's it's trying not to let that suck the life out of me so much and letting that be the space of like, I just have gratitude that I had you and this sucks. And it's a different type of grief because- you know, and I'm sure you can relate to this where it's like, you don't have, like, there's that husband piece, there's that mother piece, there's these elements in our life that we think we're going to have for a lifetime where it's like, it's not there. And there's that grief part. Like it comes in different ways and in different chapters of your life. And it's never a, it's not a time stamp thing. No one ever. And I know I felt this going through it where I was like, oh, like I should be fucking over this by now. Like this shouldn't, why am I crying? It's mother's day. Like it's been fucking seven years, eight years, nine, you know, it's like things like that. And you go through this because you see people and you see things where it's like, you know, they're going through things, especially in this space. It's like, you know, they're going through things. And yet you put this like new standard on yourself, especially as like a high achiever or an ambitious person. And I've seen this with my friends too, where it's like, oh, but I already did therapy on this, or I already went and I tried to fix this. I shouldn't be doing it anymore. I shouldn't be feeling this way anymore. And that concept is actually one of the biggest detriments like when you're in it i've i talk about this like in my programs where it's like you have victim then you have survivor then you have thriving but it's like when you're in the victim role you kind of give yourself that permission for a little bit but like in that survivor role and in that thriving role it's like this shame that you still have some bits that are in that victim survival it's it's such a I, I, there needs to be more conversation about it, I guess is what, like the whole thing around that where it's like, it's normal. It's normal to go through waves. You're probably going to feel it for your whole life. And I love that you brought like the transformation porn <laughs> into that because it, it is, it's, it's toxic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about grief is like you said, you know, you're, you're almost like a decade out or nine years out and it's still like, it still hits you on those important days. Um, and like with therapy and stuff, like you said about, you know, didn't I work on this? It's like grief is so, um, specific because you can't, the goal isn't to get rid of it. Like with anxiety or depression, like the goal is to not be depressed anymore. The goal is to not have anxiety anymore with my clients. The goal is not to get rid of their grief. Like that's not my role because that's impossible. Um, The goal is to figure out how to live with it and be able to move forward with it, which is different modality. And it's a different goal than other things in the mental health space, which is why it's so complicated, I think. And a lot of, you know, a lot of mental health professionals don't specialize in grief. And that's why when people come to me, they're like, I worked with a therapist, I worked with a counselor and like, it didn't help me. And that's because you need to know how to help people in grief. Mm-hmm. because we want to, we want to our society. And it's like, I think it's, it's a societal problem because we don't talk about these things, right? We want to fix everything. Like we want, we can fix some mental health problems, like whether that's through, you know, therapy or medication, like we make it go away. You know, we want to make it go away, but with grief to say like, you know, just get over it. That is so death, detrimental. And it's not, that is not what the goal is in grief at all. It's to actually honor like this, the life that this person had, that's no longer here. And to honor the fact that someone is still grieving, you know, a decade out, 20 years out, like 50 years, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. Like that doesn't, you don't stop missing that person.
0: Exactly. it's limiting because it'll come in different ways where it's like, Different events, right? Like you meet someone, you're in love with them and you're like, oh, fuck, I wish my mom could meet him. Or like something happens in your business and you're like, oh, fuck. I... Cause you know, there's some things you can call your dad about, but like your mom is like, there's just like certain people in your life where you're like, oh, damn. But instead of that meaning like, oh shit, like you should be over it by now. It's really this like, oh, you're still alive like in that way, at least that's how I viewed it, where it's like, you're still alive in my life. Cause I would hate if I didn't think of you in these moments, actually. Like, yes, of course it pains my heart. But once you get to a certain level, it's like that pain isn't a detriment anymore. Like, it's not like I'm in bed and I can't eat. And I like in the beginning stages, it's this like, I'm reminded that I'm alive kind of pain. And
1: mm-hmm. that's,
0: that's the rawness of grief. Like that is the gift of grief. It reminds you how alive- you really are, because you're feeling something. Yeah. You people feel, honestly. That's why the work that you're doing is so powerful, because it it shifts that kind of narrative. Like I love that you said I could have let tragedy and death define my future and instead. I let it fuel me to create my hero's journey. You know, it's, it's redefining what grief can be because people can get stuck in their trauma story people can get stuck mm-hmm. in their past and what that means and really become you know defined in the negative of that and what i'm seeing with your story what you lead your clients through is that hero's journey and i'd love for you to speak a little bit more on that like in because you could have gone two paths right mm-hmm. you, you could have just given up and said fuck all this like this isn't fair and you know i'm sure you did have that conversation for a second but you chose something bigger than yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and it looks like it held you through that and you created this movement. And so I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think everybody, you know, we do have a choice after we lose somebody we love, um, you know, we, we feel like we lose a lot of control when someone dies, what, you know, depending upon the circumstances around someone's death, we lose a lot of control because we don't have control over life or death. And, you know, with with my husband, like his accident was completely random. I had no control over anything. It was nothing we could have even anticipated, expected, planned for, like there was no planning. Um, So it's like you're left in the aftermath and you're like, I have every reason to just like throw in the towel and just be sad the rest of my life and like, live on autopilot and be a mom, but not mother and just like go back to work because that's easy and, um, pick up a paycheck and, you know, stock the, the fridge and whatnot. And just, you know, like go on autopilot the rest of your life. But it's like Do I really want to do that? Like now I have a choice as to how I want to live the rest of my life because in the aftermath of losing somebody, specifically a spouse, because of how the effect of how they have on our own identity as, you know, a husband and a wife or whatever, a partner, um, you have to figure out who you are. Again, you are not the same person that you were before your loss, um, The world is not the same, the people around you, how they interact with you is not the same because you are not the same. So you have to navigate so many different things. Um, So you have to make a choice, like how do I wanna write this next chapter? Um, And that's not to say like, you don't give yourself grace and you don't rest and you don't take all the time that you need to, process or whatever, like there, there needs to be that, but there also needs to be a line between like doing nothing and that intentional action. Like you have to move like physically and mentally, like you have to do something. Um, if you want, if you expect things to change, um, cause you know, so I've talked to some people that are potential clients and you know, they're like, I'm, you know, I'm miserable. My life is going to be miserable. I, I can't see any way out of this. I'm never going to fall in love again. I'm never going to be with anyone again. I'm like, like, what is your evidence for that? Like you, you haven't even tried. Um, and I can't help a lot of those people unless they change how they view themselves and the rest of their lives. Like if they're not willing to try and they've lost all hope, I can't help them. Um, and that's, you know, that's where you have the choice.
0: It's so true. And that's, that's the part where it's shifting up. Like you get to feel a little bit like a victim for a little bit. I like allow that. I'm like, you get to be in that stage for a little bit, but eventually, hopefully you get exhausted of that, and you're like, and now what? Mm -hmm. And so when someone's in that, and now what, and it's that, and you can tell us your journey of that, if you feel called or a client or something like that, but in the moment of finding yourself after loss of a partner of like, you know, your person, what is that journey of finding yourself like, and where can someone listening to this say they're in the midst of that? Where can they begin?
1: I think it begins with, you know, whatever moment you are in, wherever you find yourself, like you have to ask yourself, what do I need right now? because we forget when we're in grief, like what we actually need, like what, I don't even know what I feel. Like you don't even know what you feel sometimes. So how do you even know what you need in the moment? Um, So I think getting in touch with, first of all, like what am I even, what are the emotions that I'm feeling right now? What am I feeling in my body? And then like, what do I need from those emotions? Like, what do I need to do? Do I need to release them? Do I need to go for a walk so I can be more grounded? Do I need, am I just so exhausted? Do I need to rest? Do I need like a glass of water? Like, do I need to eat? I mean, we're, I'm getting very, you know, these are very like trivial things. Like these are what you have to do though in order to just like take it moment by moment. Cause we have to, there is, you know some sort of taking care yeah. of ourselves after loss. Um, We have to get in touch with our basic needs again.
0: Mm. How does that go? I mean, you have two kids, right? How does that go into the process? Cause I, I, you know, like I did it single young, you know, if I had other people to take care of, damn, you know, so any of the mothers listening, we have so many of them here. I'm picking themselves up, you know, for their kids or in front of their kids or however that process looks what what was that like for you
1: yeah I mean I have to some of my clients I'm like you need to schedule a time to grieve because you're not even we get so busy like especially if you're a mom and you've lost a spouse and like you just have to take care of all of the things like the amount of stuff that you have to take care of is monumental um and like If you're the type of person like myself that doesn't want to ask for help, like ask for help, delegate, if you can afford it, like get a cleaning lady, like get the groceries delivered, like whatever you need to do to survive, like you do, like, if you don't feel like you can cook, like get ready, ready to like put in the microwave meals, like don't put any extra pressure on yourself to be super woman, and like literally schedule a time where you can just grieve. You know, whether that's before the kids go get up in the morning or go to bed or after they go to bed at night, like you need to schedule a time where you're like, if I, I just need to break down right now. Like I need to cry because we can distract ourselves so much from the pain that we don't, we're not even able to feel it in order to move through it. And that's how we get to the, like that healing part.
0: And that's a big one. That's a big one with my audience because it's the high achieving ambitious, I don't want to look weak. I don't want to feel like a victim. I don't want to be self-centered because we think grieving and healing is this like, quote unquote, selfish thing. When in reality, like, yes, you have little ones that are paying, like they need you. Of course they need you and they need you. Full on, but if you don't take that space, they aren't really getting you full on. Like they're getting parts of you that are on what you talked about earlier, that autopilot. Like it's like you're just a robot zombie walking around with their heart closed. And as a mother, your gift is to give your heart open, right? Like to to show love, to be there, to be like you said, that you can be a mom, but like to be a mother is a very different kind of caliber. And so when someone's going through that, like, you know, one survival ones like shut down, I'm in autopilot. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to do the prove it energy that I have it together because I'm still going to go bake the brownies and go to the soccer game and do the fucking thing. Like it's, it's, it's autopilot and you think you're doing the right thing. And I know that like, you're like, I know, like I'm doing it. And it's like, no, actually you're in survival. Like you're, you're in your trauma brain right now. And it's okay to do that for a bit, but when is that point of surrender and how do you get your clients To switch to that point where it's like, okay, now you have to
1: make the point of like feeling this and like get to the point of surrender that this Mm -hmm. is the reality. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly the process is first. I need to get to know, you know, what is my client's day look like? Like, what are they actually doing? What does their grief look like? If they're like, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this, like, my first question to them is, are you giving yourself any time to just like, grief and break down and cry or like hit something like what are you are you able to do that and usually if their day sounds like I do this this they're like actually no I, I don't give myself any time or space to do that um and the next thing I would tell them is like you need you need to do that because we're avoidant like we don't who wants to feel pain mm-hmm. and being busy is such an easy way to avoid pain because these things like have to get done. Right. And we are overachieving and we're moms and we're doing all the things and it is, you can avoid the way out of the pain for so long. Um, but then it's going to catch up to you like grief has needs and they are going like, they're going to be answered eventually. It's just going to come out in times where you don't want them to come out.
0: That's the thing, right? It's like you spend so much time trying to like have it together, but it's like it will spill. It will, whether it's snapping at your kids, whether it's you getting an illness, whether it's like something falling off track and like you just kind of blow up, like your nervous system can only handle so much. And then we start to just be like, oh, this is just like a normal thing for that person. It's like, no, if you take the time. And I think this is where it's also really important to be very comfortable with these quote unquote negative emotions that we have, like get fucking angry, like scream in your pillows. Like, I love that you were like, it's running and moving. And I have a really good friend, Emily Bingham, and she talks about that with move through with like grief and like you're working out and like you go and you get out there and you do this stuff. It's like getting things out of your body and like letting it just rip, like just letting it out, let it be messy. That is actually one of the most beautiful things that you can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Grief and trauma. It needs movement because when we have all that, like it is in us, like it is in our bodies. It is in our minds. It's just, and we can't like have it stagnant forever because that's when the suffering happens because we just feel it. It's so heavy. Like we feel that in our bodies and it's like, it needs movement it needs expression it needs to be released and examined and having curiosity around it. And like, you need, it's, it feels so self-indulgent, but like, we need to, I think one of the reasons why I don't want to say been successful in my grief journey, cause I don't think there's any like success or, or losing in grief, but I think the reason I've been able to help others is because I'm constantly writing about my my process. I'm constantly writing about what happened and my traumas. I'm constantly talking about it. And, um, in that way, it's not just a part of me anymore. It's, it has movement. It's out in the world and it's, it doesn't control me. Like because mm-hmm. it, like, it's not just mine anymore. Yeah.
0: And you just kind of release it in a way that's like, this is it's out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. I want to go back to, because there was a window between you say when your husband died and his physical body actually left this earth, that in-between period, you know, very few people can relate to that part of the story, right? But a lot of people can relate to an in-between, you're in a life circumstance you don't want to fucking be in. And life pauses yet it's like the most painstakingly thing like whether that's just there's so many circumstances of when this could be you're waiting a response for something something at work something with a partner like there's so many different elements that could be in in that time period how do you find your footing how do you find your surrender how do you keep yourself afloat in that moment
1: I don't think you do. Honestly, I yeah. think, um, I think at that point, like you are in survival and your body and mind is very protective and it will just, um, you know, right after the initial shock of something and like, you feel just like the most devastation you've ever felt. Um, you can't stay in that forever. Cause like you would die. Like you can't, that, that amount of sadness would literally kill you so your body and mind goes into like, it shuts down. Like you're just numb. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I can't even give any tips for that. Like you, like your body and mind will be able to get you through that time.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: there's nothing nothing you can do. You just have to, it's just like walking through quicksand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely felt that with my mom. And it was one of those times where it was like, that's when you let yourself be provided for with the people around you, because they're going to make sure you're fed. They're going to, you know, be there to, you know, take care of anything else, because it's like, your brain just doesn't work in a way. And they, you don't even fucking care about it. You're just like, meh, it is what it is. You know I mean? It's like, there is no fight yet. And you're right. It is just like this surrender of what the moment is in the moment and like letting the people around you take care of all the other spinning plates, as opposed to like trying to have it together and be this perfect. It's like, no, you just kind of get to sit in the suck and like pause life for a second in that. And so I loved that. I mean, not that moment, but the honesty in that, where it's like, there isn't one, you just kind of sink into it and let it be.
1: You've no other, there's no other choice. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no thriving. There's no rationalization. Like all, uh, social graces go out the window. I mean, you forget how to be like polite <laughs> and like, hopefully the people around you just like, will understand if you're like a complete bitch. Cause it's not like you're, you're trying to be rude. It's just, you have nothing to give anyone. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about running in trauma stilettos. I just mm-hmm. love the name and I'm curious, like, how did you come up with that? What is it about? Um, And let's dive into that more. So let's start with like, tell me about this title. Cause I kind of love it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> actually a funny story about the title Um, the my editor who I love, she suggested that I might want to change it because it's not like a well-known Like, it's not real. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like there's no trauma stilettos. (laughs) And I said, I I don't want to change it because I don't really care that it's not a real thing. I It's because of the imagery that it invokes when you think about it. And um, the way that I thought about it when I came up with it was, uh, I was always in hospitals with Ryan and it just felt like I was running through just like those white, um, like corridors and stilettos and it just felt like this impossible thing and I'm just like running into an abyss like there's no there's no end to this um, and I'm just like running for my life and I don't know what's in he- ahead of me I don't know what's behind me um, and I just I thought that really encompassed what the experience was like.
0: <laughs> I love it because it, it's true <laughs> it's like it's a beautiful title so much and so you said before all of this you worked in law and then you transitioned into you know being an author and being a coach and being a mom doing the Mm -hmm. things that matter in this world what prompted that like what instead of going back to quote-unquote how it once was and going back and you know the old normal what prompted you know writing this book and uh, putting yourself in you know content creation and coach and those kind of elements
1: oh, um that's a really good question so I was actually I was planning on going back to work last fall like I was scheduled to go back in September and then when the summer ended and you know I started sharing my journey um I think last summer and I started like writing my book and I I was just like I don't I don't think that going back to work feels authentic to who I am in this stage of my life. Like, I just don't even think I could do it. Um, like not only does, you know, grief and trauma changes your brain, right? Like, I don't even know if I could have the concentration to do the the work that I did before, um, at least not like last year. Um, and also, I just felt like I was in such a different place in my life. Like I was just so I'm so different. And I knew in my heart that um I don't think Ryan would want me to go back to law because he knew like how much I wanted, I loved helping people and how much the law wasn't really didn't feel like my calling. And helping people after losing Ryan felt like my calling. Um, mm. And I knew that if I didn't go all in, I wouldn't be able to just like do it part time or like as a side hustle because law is like all encompassing. Like there's no energy to give after that. And I'm like, if I don't do this, go all in now, I'm never going to do it.
0: Mm.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Do you feel like this work that you're doing now is how you're also like keeping Ryan alive?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I part of, you know, grief coaching, be a content creator surrounding issues like grief and death. Obviously, the most powerful part is my story. So I talk about Ryan all the time because I want to talk about Ryan and it it's part of who I am. You know, what happened to us is will forever be a part of me and how it's changed me. And I think that's the most powerful part of the story, but also what resonates with people the most.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Do you find um, any like hardships on that? Just thinking of like people that are early to the grief space or in it and how they can be activated by it, right? If they see someone that's like happy after grief or they those kind of things, in that space or someone that can be listening to this right now. And they're like in the depths of it and they might be activated. Like, yeah. What type of words, what words of wisdom would you share with someone that's in that space?
1: I always say to people that message me and they're still really in it. And I I tell them it won't always feel this heavy. And I know that because. I I believe that to be true for most people because most people are not completely helpless and hopeless. You know, they will find a way to find the light again. Um, So when I say that, it won't always be this heavy. Like I I speak from experience um, and I know it feels like it will always feel really heavy. Um, But, you know, you need to do the work on yourself. You need to do the grief work. Um, And you need to give it time. There's no, there's no time limit. And then also like the expectations, like it's never, this is never going to go away. You're never going to be free of grief. Now. Like you are, you will have grief the rest of your life. Like once you come to that acceptance, um, do we, you know, every day we want to wake up and feel like an elephant's on our chest and like, we can't function. No, like that's really bad. Like that's where we don't want to be, but like, can we live with you know, the gentler parts of grief and, um, you know, try to go through those waves of significant anniversaries or birthdays with more ease after time in the work. Absolutely. And like, that's what I help people do is get to that place. Yeah.
0: And I love it. Cause it gives it the real expectation of it. it's like in the beginning, it's going to suck. And then as life goes on and I'm sure you feel this too, grief again, going back to what I was saying earlier, it makes you savor life more. It makes you look at life a little bit differently. Like you pause more, you realize it's not about the hustle of building a career and doing these kind of things. It's about being a mom. It's about being home and being in the suburbs and doing your thing. Like it really does make you, if you allow it, right. Cause I've seen in my world, people that have gone through very traumatic events and it causes them to run like fucking lightning away from it all, you know, and they don't, want to stop they don't know how because if I stop it catches up and then I feel the pain and all these kind of things but when you actually learn to soften and surrender to it and you have support like you you realize the elephant on the chest only lasts a little bit Mm -hmm. and because now you know the heaviness of the elephant on the chest a tree looks more green you know a laughter from a child is like holy pureness like it, it just you remember things if you allow yourself a little bit you remember them in in a different capacity where it's like it doesn't hurt it just I mean it does hurt but it, it doesn't hurt like that elephant and it gives you a different type of gratitude which might be activating for people to hear that are like in the beginning stages of grief but at least that's how I feel about my grief and like the multitude of losses and things it's like it it does, there's this twinge of gratitude I feel towards it. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I would have paused in life to feel alive, to be able to breathe a little differently, to recalibrate how I want my life to go versus how my life was going and just responding to how it is, you know, and doing the things that society says, Hey, this is how you'll be successful, whatever. It's like, actually, I'm going to fuck some shit up and I'm going to see if this works. Let me go play and see how that goes. Like, I think grief does have this different lens when when you get over the hump of like the human, the very fucking human part of like sitting in the suck. It's like you get to this other side where it's different, like it's just different. And I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people will get it unless you've been through something like that.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it gives you so much perspective about What's important in life, and you know, like, how can you not realize how short life is when, like, you know, your husband who's 35 dies? Like, how do you not think about life differently that way? Um, you know, for me, it really made me think about, you know, this is such a temporary place on earth, like, this is not. This is not where we're going to be like for all eternity. This is like a blimp in the radar. Um, You know, and why we're here, like that's for us to kind of determine and try to make purpose out of. But, you know, we need to live with more urgency because we think we have all the time in the world and like we're not guaranteed like the next second. So it's like, why are people waiting to be happy, like to quit that job, to write the book, to get in shape? I'm like, what are you waiting for? Like you, you might not be here tomorrow. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I'm not even being like flippant. Like it's true. Like you might not be here tomorrow.
0: And that's the thing. And that's, it, that's what blows my mind. My friends get sometimes very annoyed with me. Cause I, I'm that sway where it's like, I've lived in other countries for like, six years i bounced around like the move I'm currently on they're like do you know anyone that you you're that lives there where you're moving I'm like no I just feel like I should go and like sell everything I own and like go do it because it sounds fun like it's yeah. things like that where it's like it, it, it can't it, life is so fucking short like even if you live the whole thing until whatever the average age is 76 whatever the heck it is nowadays but mm-hmm. it's like even if you know you make it that long it's still so short like it's still so short and If you can make each day something where you're like, damn, I did it like Mm -hmm. something, whether it's you're in the midst of something heavy and like, you don't know your way out, but you know, you brushed your hair it's like, Mm -hmm. damn. You know that's a fucking huge achievement in the early stage grief. You're like, I put a hairbrush to my head. Like, yes, it was sticky because I haven't washed it, but I did brush it. Like, it's fine. It's oh like those God. moments, or it's like <laughs> you're like, yes, <laughs> or it's like you go and you do something extraordinary, and you write the book, and you do the thing, and you travel to Europe, and you do the thing you always said. Like, we forget that it's the big and the small things. But when you lay your head at the end of the day, did you do that one thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Sweet.
1: Yeah. It takes, uh, at the beginning, it takes like super human strength. Like you're like a superhero to be able to even like get in the shower. Like when I showered, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe like, I'm actually like in the shower. Now I have to wash my hair. And it's like, you forget, like you take for granted all of these things that, you know, before grief, we didn't even think about it It was easy. And then we're like, you know, we can't even get our children to daycare because it's like, it just feels so heavy and your your feet feel like they're in cement and you're like, I can't even say hi to people. <laughs> and it's such a weird experience because it's like, this was easy before. And like, mm-hmm. now it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, but, you know, it gets, it gets better, it gets easier. Um, it just... You know, it's so slow. It's like so incremental that you don't even realize it, that it's getting better until you're like, oh, wow, I did the thing and it wasn't that bad. It's like you realize after how far you've come.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then you're sitting there like, damn, I'm impressive. I did the thing. And like, I'm living life again. Like, I was able to go to the grocery store. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. Like, it's those little things. And then I feel like it's like, I don't know, you just kind of learn to do life again
1: hmm yeah. you
0: really do in like a different light and it comes at different capacities and different waves and different things and there's lots of fucking in between periods but like it really is this like savoring in a different way and anyone listening like I really want that part to land like through your story and the things it's like there is this other side like in it not that it get, gets easier but it becomes a beautiful new normal that's gonna re-teach you how to live if you allow it to. Like it, it really does. And you know, the work that you're doing in this world, it's fucking extraordinary. Like it, yeah. walking through something like that and, you know, writing new narratives for other people, including yourself and your children, like that superhero work. And I'm just really thankful for what you're doing and that, you know, you've shared your story here and what you're doing and gave fantastic tips for everyone. And is there any last words or anything that's on your heart that you want to share with the community?
1: I think only that a lot of people ask me, you know, how you can show up for their friends and family or colleagues, whatever it might be. Um, You know, if, if they're in grief, if they lose a loved one and people always ask me like, what do I say? And I'm like, why do we need to say, (laughs) like, like why we don't need to say anything. You don't need to say anything. I think Sometimes silence is the best thing and and just being there in someone's messiness and crying and sobbing on the floor, or like whatever they they need um, from you. It's like just be okay with getting uncomfortable. Like let's let's allow ourselves to be uncomfortable. Like I, I think people, we avoid the awkwardness and uncomfortableness of seeing somebody, you know, like in grief, which is really a painful thing to see. And we feel so awkward and we, cause we can't fix it. Right. And we want to fix it. So it's like, we end up being more awkward. And I think it's just like you said, like the surrendering, like, okay, I know I'm just going to be awkward right now. And I'm just going to stand here or sit here and like rub your back and hug you. And, um, that's all I'm going to do. Like, and I'm just going to be here when you're ready for like a snack. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> It's um, true. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. It's like, take yourself out of it. Just be there. Like
0: that's yeah. it. Take, yeah. take yourself out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I promise like that person who's like in a heap on the floor, like does not care that, that you, like, they don't, they don't think that you, like, they don't think it's awkward. <laughs> no, not at all. They're, they're not even thinking of you. <laughs> not, right. It's not about you. Like it's not about you Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, that is beautiful thank you so much like truly truly thank you so much for the work you're doing for how you're showing up for you know the life you speak into people for things that many don't understand so it's really incredible work that you're doing so thank you for that um how can this community connect with you
1: yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. I, this was, uh, I hope this is helpful and it's been cool. great talking to you. And if uh, your listeners want to connect with me, I'm pretty much everywhere. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Oh gosh. Uh, TikTok, Now the new threads, um, Whitney Lynn Allen, but it's L Y N just one N, um, my website, if you need grief support is Whitney and then you can buy, purchase my book, Running in Trauma Stilettos on Amazon.
0: I love it. And we'll be sure to put everything in the show notes. Um, thank you again for you and all you do. And thank you everyone that is listening. If this landed on your heart, take those sexy little thumbs and go write a review. Let us know what came up. And then I will make sure that all your links and all the things so they can come say hi are in there
1: as well. So bye. Thank you. Oh,